The following is a message of First Baptist Richardson. For more information, please visit fbcr.org. What an honor to uh, celebrate the Lord's Day with you. Thank you, Andy, for the wonderful music. Just a blessing to my heart and uh, just thank you. What a, what a great morning. So my name is David Hardage, and uh, for the past 11 years, I've been the executive director of the Baptist General Convention of Texas. As the old saying goes, before I preach, I have a couple of things I want to say. Um, uh, first of all, on behalf of the convention, I do want to say thank you to you, First Baptist Richardson, for your involvement with and your support of the convention. Uh, we could not do... The mission work we do, we couldn't have the ministries we have were it not for people like you and churches like this. And so on behalf of the convention, just hear me say thank you so very much. A number of things I could highlight about the work and mission and ministry of the convention, but as we begin 2023, I think of this year there will be a number of disasters that will come along our state and beyond. Now, we don't plan the disasters, but we do respond to them. And because of you, our Texas Baptist family, through our partnership with Texas Baptist men, will be wherever those disasters are and whatever they are, you will be there, the hands and feet of Jesus, and on behalf of that ministry and the lives who will be touched and affected and changed and helped, I just want to say thank you. It's an honor for me to be here today. Uh, One of the unique things about being the uh, director of the convention is I preach in a different Baptist church somewhere in Texas every Sunday. And so every Sunday for me is just a little different and a a little unique. Uh, A couple of Sundays ago, I was at First Baptist Church in Bryan, where everybody has a, has a maroon blazer. And then uh, last Sunday, I was at First Baptist Church Covington. I'm not sure how many of you know where Covington is, but it's just east of Blum and Rye Vista. So if, if, if that helps you at all. Uh, but glad to be here today, and thank you so much for the, I uh, appreciate the pastor's uh, kind and gracious invitation. My wife, uh, Kathleen, is here with me today, and uh, she goes by the name Kathleen, but her first name is Mary. So her name is Mary Kathleen. Her mother's name was Mary Jean, and our daughter's name is Mary Rebecca. I have a sister who's Mary Kay. So... Kathleen goes by her middle name, and I'll be honest, and she would tell you that has over the years, um, and even more recently as we've crossed into the, and it hurts me to say this word, but as we've crossed into the Medicare years, getting everything in order legally from what she goes by to what she needs to be using Mary Kathleen. It's been a little bit of a challenge, but finally you're there. So Mary Kathleen. Now she has a sister 
her only sibling, a sister, and her sister's name is Martha. So here's Mary and Martha. Now, they look very much alike. Raised in Cleburne, Texas. Raised in the First Baptist Church of Cleburne. That's where we were married. Same mom and dad. Uh, went to the same schools, including college. So Mary and Martha look alike, raised the same, and yet they are very different from each other. Now, if you have brothers or sisters, I happen to have two brothers and a sister, and we are all very different from each other. I'm in the ministry. My older brother was in the insurance business. My sister is an administrative assistant for a large company. My younger brother's in the movie business. He's the cool uncle. We're all different. So today, though, we talk about the biblical story of Mary and Martha under the theme of experiencing God's approval. So if you have your Bible, open it with me, if you would, to uh, the Gospel of Luke. We're going to look at chapter 10, and I'm going to read those verses uh, that I think you've read already, 38 through 42. But for our purposes this morning, let's just look back again at the Gospel of Luke, chapter 10, and I'm going to read verses 38 down through 42, and you follow along with me. While they were traveling, he, Jesus, entered a village, and a woman named Martha welcomed him into her home. She had a sister named Mary, who also sat at the Lord's feet and was listening to what Jesus said. But Martha was distracted by her many tasks, and she came up and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to serve alone. So tell her to give me a hand. Help me. The Lord answered her, Martha, Martha, you are worried and upset about many things. But this one thing is necessary. Mary has made the right choice, and it will not be taken away from her. That's a pretty fascinating passage out of our New Testament, Mary and Martha. And this whole idea of experiencing God's approval. So we want to come at it today from just two different perspectives. And the first is this. What is it that, that keeps us from experiencing God's approval And the second is, what then leads us to experience God's approval? So let's go back to that first. What is it that keeps us from experiencing God's approval? We could probably provide today a number of answers to that question. If we just went around the room, this answer would pop up, this answer would pop up, you would say this, you would say that. But today, for our purposes, 
what does this passage suggest? And so the word we come up with this morning based upon Luke chapter 10 is distraction. It says so right here. Martha was distracted by all of her many tasks. So you know the story. They, Jesus and some others, traveling, enter into the village where there is a home occupied by Mary, by Martha and their brother brother Lazarus. And so there they are in this home. They welcome Jesus. He and others, it appears, come in. The word is they. They come in. And after, I guess, the, uh, the initial meeting and greeting kinds of things that you do when you go into a home, there they are, meeting, greeting. And finally, there's that moment where Jesus kind of steps aside, it seems like to me as I read through it, and um, begins to talk, begins to speak. And so when Jesus speaks, you know, people listen. They, they sit down, they listen. He's talking, he's teaching, they're listening, they're learning. But then there's Martha, and she gets distracted. Man, there are things to do. I've got people in my home. There may be other guests arriving at the door. Just let your imagination think about that scene and what's unfolding there. Martha, I've got these things to do. There's there's a, a meal to be served. Maybe a table to be set. Dishes to be cleaned. I've got a bring this person that and this person this. I've got things that she gets distracted by all of her many tasks. And so, I think the answer for us this morning is, what is it, even today, 2023, that keeps you and me from experiencing God's approval? Our word for the morning is distraction. Now, I, I do not believe in magic but I kind of like magicians. Does that make, yeah, the, the illusionists that are out there? Yeah, I know even in the church world, we have Christian illusionists, and you may have had some here at your church. I've seen some, they're pretty good, actually. I've seen some that are not as good, no names, but some of them are pretty good. Now, the Christian illusionist magicians that I have seen, they're usually pretty good about saying at the outset up front, now, what I'm about to do here, this is a trick. I think the professionals maybe aren't quite as clear on that, but for our purposes, I think everybody here understands they do trick us. It's not real. But I do kind of enjoy that and kind of experience that, but whenever you see a magician and His or her tricks. Don't you ask the question, how'd they do that? Then they come to you, how did she do that? How did he do that? I don't know the answers to that question, but I think there is a part of it I can answer. One of the ways they trick us is by distraction. In whatever it is they are doing, if they can get you or me just in a moment, just in an instant, if they can distract our eye, if they can distract our mind in an instant, all of a sudden, the trick happens. We missed it, and 
we're fooled. It doesn't take much to get us distracted. That's a great instrument of the enemy in our spiritual context, this whole realm of distraction. So let's think about our lives as it is right now. What is it that distracts you and me? We could pause right here for a moment. We're not going to do it, but we could because everybody here, well, most everybody here has in their pocket, in their purse, a great distractive instrument. Everybody here has, I just hope and pray that an Amber Alert doesn't go off this morning because we would, all, we would have to pause and, and slowly come back. We're quickly distracted. I don't know if there's been research done on this. It wouldn't surprise me if someone hasn't studied this, but I expect the number of car accidents out there that are caused by people distracted by their phones is that maybe today it may be the primary reason for an automobile accident. I don't know that. I haven't studied that. I'm not going to research And I'm not going to research that, but I expect it. But what is it that distracts you and me today? Do you work? Anybody here have a job? I used to. So if you work, even now this morning, you know that it never goes away. Even now this morning, probably some of you have, have thought about a preparation you've got for a meeting tomorrow. Others of you, you've, you've kind of already been thinking this morning about some presentation you have to make this next week. Maybe you've got a travel uh, that you've got to do and you are already thinking, how am I going to get there? Who's going to take me? Who's going to pick me up? How's that going to work? If you, if you work, distraction happens quickly, immediately, constantly. It's relentless. But here I have a family. Families are a treasure. But keeping track of all of that, of everything that involves living life together as a family, going here, going there, taking people here, taking people there, showing up at this, taking doctor's appointments, games, go on and on and on. But quickly, we are busy, we're distracted. Doesn't take much. Anybody here go to school? If you do, those are quick and easy places to be distracted. My whole point here is it doesn't take much to get us distracted. And one of the things that is identified in Scripture for us today is what keeps you and me from experiencing the approval of God. It is distraction. And we live in a world. I would suggest to you, God's people have always struggled with this. Obviously, they they did in the first century. But I would suggest to you that we've never lived in a society, we've never lived in a culture, we've never had an environment that distracts us as easily and as quickly as the culture, the society, and the environment that we live in today in 2023. So, you flip the page. If it is distraction that keeps us from experiencing the approval of God, then what is it that leads us to experience his approval? Well, I'll just say, I, I'll use the word focus. Maybe another word is discipline. 
Maybe another word is priority. Those are all good words and they all fit the scene here. So we go back to the scene of Luke chapter 10. Mary and Martha. So the scripture seems to indicate that at one point there, they were both sitting along with the others. They were both sitting at the feet of Jesus. They were both sitting there. They were both listening. They were both learning. And then Martha got distracted. Things to do. Mary, though, stays seated. She keeps listening. I mean, Jesus is in the room. The Son of God, the Messiah, the miracle worker. Jesus is in the room. Jesus, that Jesus is speaking. That Jesus is teaching. The opportunity there, the moment there in front of her in her house to listen and to learn. Man, that's significant. She doesn't move. She stays seated. Martha. And she comes back and says, Jesus. Can I get that little sibling thing going there? Jesus. Can't you tell Mary to help me? She's wanting Jesus to correct Mary sitting at his feet. Jesus instead provides a little clarification. Martha. We're not going to stop and interrupt Mary from what's happening here. He doesn't really criticize her for what she's been doing because it's not necessarily bad and necessarily wrong. But it wasn't the best decision she could have made at that moment. The better decision would be, Martha, I'm in the room. Mary has chosen to sit and listen and learn. And that decision will not be taken away from her. What leads us to experience God's approval is when we focus. When we bring some discipline into our life. When we prioritize our living I'm not in the advertising business other than I'm a consumer. So I watch advertising when it shows up on television. I listen to advertising when it's on uh, the radio. Uh, You know, my, my children, when they were younger, they did not like riding in the car with me. At one time, I had a, a, an old pickup, and it only had AM radio. And they just couldn't understand how a person could exist with that. So, uh, still today, I am happy to report I have AM and FM radio. I just listen to AM radio. It's the better choice. All that to say... I am a consumer. I'm not in the advertising business. I'm a consumer. But as a consumer, it seems like everything I see, everything I hear advertising is telling me that there's something better for me. Whatever product you're using, there's a better one for you. Whatever place you're going on vacation, there's a better place to go. Whatever it is you're using, there's a better product for you to use. Everything out there is trying to convince me that there's something better. There's a choice that's better. 
That's all this is here. There is a better choice. Just focus a little bit. Practice some discipline. Bring some priority into your life. Do you remember the movie, Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade? So they made three of those initially. Then they made a fourth by mistake. Did I say that out loud? And I have heard that there is a, a, there's a fifth one coming. So, you know, plan your calendar otherwise. All that to say, do you remember that scene in Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade, that third one? So let me try to describe it for you. If you saw the movie, when I start this, you will get it. So our, our hero, Indiana Jones, and his father, played by Sean Connery. So they're, they're on this uh, trek for the Holy Grail, the, the cup of Christ. And they've got this thing they've got to work through, and they're up in the way out in the, in, in the desert, and there's this um, big cave, uh, canyon cave kind of a thing. They... they through this map they're following, they realize they've got to go back across this big cavern. They, they make their way across. They will finally walk into the inner uh, workings of this cave. And sure enough, inside there is a knight. He's like 700 years old. And apparently he's been drinking from the cup of Christ all these years and it's brought immortality and so the bad guy in the story who's forcing Indiana Jones and his father and others to to find this cup of Christ he he forces them into this inner cave where's this this old knight and then this bad guy you know he's he's got to find that cup of immortality and there are all kinds of of goblets uh that that in front of him he's got to choose which one do you drink from in order to bring about immortality? So if you follow the story, if you've seen that movie, you know he, he looks around. Finally, there's a, an archaeologist of, of some sort that says, let me choose for you. So she picks this gold goblet, hands it to him. He dips it into the water and he drinks it. I'll just suffice by saying it doesn't turn out well for him. And then the old knight, do you remember what he said? The old knight said, he chose poorly. And the story ends with Indiana Jones finding the right cup and drinking it and healing his father. It goes on and on. But that, that, the whole, he chose poorly. Don't you want to hear Jesus say, he, she chose wisely. So, When it comes to choosing how we spend our time, choose wisely. So how do you spend your time? There are good ways, bad ways to spend our time. Each one of us has the same amount of time. But in order to experience the approval of God, we have to focus, discipline, prioritize the use of our time. Let's talk about uh, our money, our resources. Choose wisely in the use of your resources. Now, we all don't have the same amount of money. Some have less, some have more. But whatever it is you have, a responsible steward of whatever it is God's blessed you with, choose wisely. All kinds of choices. The only way to find the best choice is to seek wisdom from the Lord and from his word. Choose wisely. 
Relationships, the same way. Choose wisely. You know, the pandemic uh, ushered into our lives a whole new dynamic when it comes to church. A whole new dynamic when it comes to church. So I think sometimes we need to stop and ask ourselves the question, when it comes to church, I don't mean to meddle, maybe a little, but when it comes to church, maybe maybe what's the better choice, not the easy choice? Choose wisely what's best and what's right and what's good. You know, everybody here is different. You're different from me. You're different from the person next to you. We're all different. Even if you're in the same family, we are all different. Except if you're here today and you are a believer in and a follower of Jesus Christ, we have one thing in common. That thing that we have in common is that relationship and that that yearning to hear Jesus say he or she chose wisely and that choice they made will not be taken from them. So, in 2023, these next days and weeks and months, there's a lot out there that will distract you and me. To counter that, today we're reminded to focus. Today we're reminded to practice some discipline. Today we're reminded to prioritize. Today we're reminded to choose wisely. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the blessings of the day. Our time uh, with you, your word for us, this place, these people, and Heavenly Father, our prayer is that you would help us to discern our choices and that we would submit to the leadership you provide in your Holy Spirit and that in these days ahead, we would make right choices, better choices. Help us. And these things we ask and pray in the name of your Son and our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen.